sit back and get ready to take off with Dynamic Golf. Hey, Team Mac, how you doing today? Doing great, Sean. How are you doing today? Good, man, good. Uh, we're taking a little break from our podcast for a second. We thought we'd kind of talk about the place we do some of our teaching down here at One Stop Golf Club. Great facility, great facility. Uh, you know, if you're somebody, especially during the wintertime, I find this to be a great facility. Uh, with the weather being what it is, being yeah. cold, uh, it is such a treat to come inside, uh, play around the golf, yeah. or give a lesson, whatever it may be. But it's just a great atmosphere, especially during the wintertime. Yeah. Uh, to come in and play. So for $60 a month for our base membership, you know, it's a, it's a great value. Great value. I mean, yeah. think about all the other memberships people are paying for for real golf courses, right. struggling to get tee times. Uh, $60 a month. I mean, you're going to pay $40 just for a round of golf, yep. right? So here for $20 more, you can play virtually every day if you wanted yep. to on a different course every day. Unlimited. Unlimited play. Yep. I mean, I just think it's 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 a great deal, great value. And from the teaching perspective, and, and you know, when we say teaching, we actually mean, hey, you come in and work on your own game. You mm -hmm. can see a lot of numbers on TrackMan. Absolutely. Right? So it's, it's such a good way to be able to work on, you know, club head speed, trying to improve that, or if you're trying to have trouble with your, you know, the face is going left, but you think your face is going left on the range, but you can actually see the numbers Correct. with TrackMan. Um, driver is great in here because of the spin rate numbers and, mm -hmm. and how to... So it's, it's, it's a great facility for you guys to come in and use on your own, but then also obviously to come down and get a lesson from T-Mac or from myself. Absolutely. Um, so $60 a month, one-stop golf shop, fl.com. That's our website. Easiest way is to really just go on that website. If you want to contact me, Sean Klotz, the owner at uh, Lake Bernadette, you can do that. Or Tim Malcovena has Swing Theory Golf. And yeah. um, we've both been doing lessons in here. And like you said, winter time, you know, it's dark at 6 o'clock now. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of lessons at 6 now. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, it works well for the people who... Uh, you have to work from nine to five so correct there's that working guy you know <laughs> yeah. and it's it's nice to be able to come inside because there is no driving range uh, really around the area that has lights yep uh, you know so having a facility that you can practice at teach at uh, and having all the toys that we have here right. is absolutely amazing right. right i just find that uh for a teaching standpoint you can get to the issue that the the, the student has so much quicker identify that issue and you're giving them tangible data yep. right it's just not a, a shot in the dark or hey this is my opinion out on the range right this is real data that we're using to to improve your game so yep. uh the cameras that we have in here the the data that we have in here uh, i just find it so easy to to help improve our students perfect. at a very rapid rate yeah perfect example i had a gentleman come in at eight o'clock this morning because mm -hmm. he's got to go to work you know at nine o'clock yep. and uh, we did a half hour session he's got some stuff to work on for the week and, and now he knows what to work on. Right? Yeah. That's the whole key of our teaching in general is to have a plan when you go on the golf course or on the range rather than, which is what he said to me, I, I watch a lot of videos on YouTube. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's great, but nothing's really relevant to what you're doing. You, Correct. These are the things that you, so um, from, the, from the club perspective, $60 a month for the individual membership, $130 for a, a full membership. And then we, again, we've got a, a Bluetooth speaker here. We've got a TV that's got all kinds of uh, TV channel or sports channels on it if you want to. So it, it's a place to practice, but it's also a place to enjoy yourself, entertain, yeah. have fun, 
bring in your own food, clean up after yourself, yes. which is what yes. we always ask. Yes. But the members have been great. It's, yeah. The members have been great. So uh, really, really nice facility um, in Wesley Chapel, just outside of Zephyr Hills. Very easily findable. www.onestopgolfshopfl.com. Sean Klotz. Tim McElvan at swingtheorygolf.com. That's it. So thank you guys very much and come on down and see us. Thank you. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, but like you know, we've been interviewing different people from the golf community. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not sure the listeners and kind of the viewers kind of know who we are. Yeah, you know, we, we kind of obviously throw out our teaching um, philosophies and some of the things we've done in our past. Yeah. But I thought it'd be nice to kind of get like a good in-depth look at what you've done and kind of where you're coming and okay. where your goals are and that type of stuff. So um, basically, first question I might have for you and the viewers is, how'd you get into golf? Like, did you start when you were young, or how'd you? How'd you get into the game? Yeah, so as a kid, I started when I was about five years old. Um, when I was a little guy, my dad was a, uh, a struggling attorney. My mm-hmm. mom was a secretary at Life's Pasco. Okay. Um, so my grandpa would pick me up uh, from you know preschool or kindergarten or whatever mm-hmm. it is at that age. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, and he would take me up to a driving range up in Bushnell, okay. uh, which had a, a, a driving range and it had one of those old... Um, you know, had a batting cage, but had one of those old arms that went like oh, this, yeah. so it would yeah. throw the ball. Um, and he would sit over there in the corner and he would read the uh, Wall Street Journal every time. He was a, a stockbroker as a, as a trade yeah. um, and a very good accomplished golfer. Okay. And he taught me three things that I think I still work with today, at least two of them. Yeah. Uh, one was the grip okay. and two was he'd always told me to place a pole from my head to my rear end and rotate around that, which to be honest with you, we still use to this day. Yeah, some of the simple things, right? Correct. They still, Correct. They still work. Um, did you play a lot of other sports when you were growing up? And yeah. You a baseball player. Yeah, I played a lot of baseball, yeah. played soccer, played football, yeah. uh, you know, tried every sport that I could. Uh, yeah. Tried tennis. Okay. I was terrible at that. Okay. Um, so, you know, uh, my parents really encouraged me to play a lot of different type of sports and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, baseball was my main love at yeah. that time. Yeah. Um, and that was really all I had there. And you went to Zephyr Hills High School? Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Graduated in 95. Nice. Um, played all four years on the varsity baseball team. Okay. Um, starting center fielder. Yeah. Uh, from there, all four years. Uh, and did you have any prospects to go play, play college? And I went to you went to USF, but did you? Yeah, I, I got a scholarship to play at a, a little school uh, up in North Carolina called Belmont Abbey. Okay. Uh, I was up there for two years. Okay. Um, I think I got a little homesick. Okay. Uh, yeah. Came on back home yeah. uh, and then uh, enrolled into uh, PHCC at the time and okay. then transferred to USF. Nice, nice. And then, I, you know, we've worked together, obviously, in the mm-hmm. past and stuff, and obviously good friends and um, sort of, I know you've done a lot of different go- jobs in the golf industry. Yeah, yeah. Right? You've kind of been from maintenance to head pro to general manager to cart guy to hot dog man, like we do all of I, I think yeah. there hasn't been a, a, a spot in the golf industry I haven't worked. Yeah. Uh, and I think that gives me a great perspective, yeah. um, you know, when I talk to other people in the golf industry is that if it's the maintenance guy or if it's the uh, bartender behind the bar or if it's the guy behind the shop, I've done all those jobs yeah. before and I can kind of relate to their frustrations and, yeah. and what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, golf is one of those things, and I think you know it very well, you got to wear a lot of hats. Yeah. You know, especially as a general manager or head pro, yeah. uh, you got to, you know, fill in a lot of gaps at times. It's uh, something that reminds me of that all the time is um, 
PGA school, you got your class A PGA mm -hmm. card yeah. a couple of years ago, I think, is that right? Three? Yeah, two, two and a half, three yep, years ago yep, now. Yep. Yep. So basically, when you go to PGA school and kind of get your, uh, they change it up the, the course curriculum, but mm -hmm. basically you used to go level one, level two, level three, yeah. and you have to like physically go to the sites or whatever, but uh, I remember PGA level one, mm -hmm. kind of like one of the old school mentor guys who's kind of leading the lecture. Yeah. You know, and you and you go into this classroom and, and there's a list, he's got this list of PGA duties. Yeah. Right? And it's like 54 items long. Yeah. <laughs> Golf cart technician, right? Oh, it's yeah. Again, uh, how to fix the toilets. Absolutely. Hey, maybe if you're a little bit of a teaching pro, that's good. You get that concept. Mm -hmm. you know, can you read a P&L statement? Like, there's just so many things. So many things. Yeah. And, I, and I think the public doesn't understand how much the golf pro and what he does behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, you know, they just think that we take tea times and give lessons right. and just sit in the office. Right. Um, or playing. Or playing. Oh, yeah, they think and we're always playing. Be, right. And it, that's a concept that used to be. And I think yeah. that's changed a little bit with some of the corporate ownership of places that they almost don't, they don't want you to play. No, they want you to stay, you know, tied more to the office, more yeah. customer relations and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. It is kind of a shame because, you know, uh, a lot of people get into this industry because they are good golfers mm -hmm. uh, and their game certainly diminishes yeah. as they get into yeah. it. Um, but uh, it is definitely, you know, a job where you got to wear a lot of hats, right. you know, and be prepared right. for it. So again, being friends the last 15 years, whatever, mm -hmm. I think you've kind of to me, maybe found your niche. Yeah. Is that a good way to say it? Absolutely. And Absolutely. kind of what, what led to that over the last three, four years that you kind of started your own company with Swing Theory Golf? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, just for me, you know, I think having so many different jobs in the industry, you kind of figure out what is best for you. Yeah. What, what, you know, when you go home at night, what job do you do that gives you the least frustration yeah. when you come home? Yeah. Or, or what you're good at, by the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What are you good at, you yeah. know? Um, and I found that my skill set in the world of golf is more teaching. Okay. Uh, I'm just, I, I've tried the general manager, I've tried the head pro and stuff like this. I'm just not a person that is going to be in the pro shop very yeah. much. I like being out on the range, I like being outdoors. Yeah. And I've always been that way. I'm, yeah. I've, you know, even in school, I was always the kid that was running to the door for PE or yeah. try to get out or anything like this. So you I'm did much more. You did maintenance for Jovita, right? Mm -hmm. I did yeah. maintenance for Jovita. Yeah. Um, I started with Saddlebrook at, at oh, 16 okay. Okay. Um, as my first job, yeah. uh, doing maintenance there under yeah. Al Schramm. Okay. Um, yeah. Old name, if you guys know him. Yeah. Um, and, and just, I enjoyed everything about the golf industry, just being out there on the course. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. there's just something about it, especially early in the morning when you get on out there and you see the dew and you yeah. see the sunrise come on up. There's something very special about yeah. that. Even the nighttime when we play the leagues during the summer, very mm -hmm. cool, very fun to see the sun going down. Absolutely. Me and you have both played a, you know, a million rounds of golf. We're, mm -hmm. we're trying to get in, try, trying to rush in the last. Oh yeah, we're, we're getting, we're getting in and dark. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can't tell you how many times we've come up, uh, you know, Silverado <laughs> on 18, yeah. and, and it's pitch dark. That's exactly right. Exactly. So, uh, so you developed your own company. Essentially, started mm -hmm. your own company. So yes. Talk, talk to us. So I developed a, a company called Swing Theory Golf. Yeah. Um, and what it is is basically my teaching platform okay. uh, to help people, you know, uh, better with the game of golf. Yeah. Um, I envision it being, you know, a full-size academy way down the road, yeah. you know, someplace where it has instructors. Yeah. Uh, we have, you know, mental specialists, nutritionists, and stuff like that. But right now, it's just kind of the cornerstone of just getting it to just me, yeah. myself, yeah. And, and getting really an understanding of, you know, what works best for teaching people, you know, my philosophies yeah. and all that as I try to build this corner around and try to build it up. Yeah, so not in a good or bad way, but there's many instructors that, that have like a, almost like you have to do it their way mm -hmm. type of thing. I think some of the better instructors are the ones who kind of work with the 
player and adapt our philosophy, our Absolutely. theory to them. Um, again, when you're going through PGA school, there's some principles and laws yeah. about, hey, you can't grip the club like this. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. You have to put your hands together in mm -hmm. some fashion, overlap or interlock, whatever that is. Yeah. Right? Um, so do you have, I guess maybe again philosophy-wise, is there either who do you like to teach best or what, like do you, do you prefer certain you know age groups, uh, skill sets, skill levels, and it's mm -hmm. fine to say, hey, I like working with juniors, I like working with more skilled players, like whatever that is, or are you pretty comfortable with all and you can kind of work your way around mm -hmm. all? Well, with me living in, in Zephyr Hills, um, you know, our main clientele is going to be older retirees okay. yeah. um, and beginners. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest with you, I've really found a great niche with that. Yeah. I enjoy working with beginners. Um, I've worked with some elite players, yeah. uh, but there's something about when that beginner hits that first good shot and they turn around with that, yeah. oh God, look, you right. know they're hooked. Yeah. They're absolutely hooked and they're going to chase that feeling that they got there for the rest of their life. Yeah. And you know that you've made a golfer yeah. uh, for your industry. Yeah. Um, where not that I don't like working with elite players, yeah. they're great, but they're going to play the game for the rest of their life anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me to bring a new person into our industry, into our game, right. is really my main philosophy or yeah. goal. Yeah. Um, the rest is, as you said, it's just principles and rules and laws and setup. Yeah. And just you know, try to get them as comfortable as they can with their setup, yeah. I think is really the big philosophy for it. And yeah. then you know, work on the swing as it goes through. But just making sure that I work with beginners and get them comfortable on the course and enjoying the game yeah. is my main goal. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's great. And, and there's so many new people getting into the game. Yeah. The last three or four years, you've probably seen a little uptick in that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of ladies, mm -hmm. uh, beginning ladies, want me to introduce them to the game of golf, which yeah. I absolutely enjoy. I mean, um, I think a lot of pros kind of you know, steer away from that because they're not the elite player. They're not going to have that beautiful swing on the range where everybody's looking at them. Yeah. Um, I think if you can just get away from all that and just understand that you're working with somebody one-on-one -on -one in that little bubble yeah. and making them better, yeah. that's all I care about. Yeah. I think from that perspective, just kind of that, uh, we'll call it, you know, middle to senior level golfer, mm -hmm. maybe some ladies, maybe some guys. To me, what I've experienced is um, there's a lot of people that have either sat in, a, in an office mm -hmm. for 30 years, so they yeah. sat down, Yeah. right, so they, their flexibility isn't what it should be. Correct. Might be, you know, a little out of shape, might be whatever that is, maybe just not have the muscle mass, mm -hmm. like, the, like you're saying, the elite mm -hmm. players have. Um, so they don't know what they don't know. Correct. That's my point, right? Like Correct. They don't know that they're supposed to turn a certain way. Yeah. Right, they're trying to do it with their arms instead of their turn, yeah. or whatever. So whatever those things are that really end up um, like you said, they, they, they get that look on their face when they hit the good shot. Correct. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what brings them back, that's what gets you as excited as a teacher. Absolutely. I think that's the most excitement you have is, is when they hit that ball and they look around to you and, they, and you just, you know, it's kind of like for me, I've got a five-year-old home when they open up that first Christmas yeah. gift and they're, that yeah. old shock, I just, I, I want to have that, I'm addicted to that, right, right, to be right. honest with you. Yeah. So. Do you... Um, do you like teaching driver versus irons versus short game versus putting? Like, is there something of those four or five, or, or even mental, like, you know, course maintenance or course management? Like, kind of give us what you feel like. I, I, I like honing personally into the short game okay. and into course management. Okay. Uh, I think there's, 
personally for me, I think that's where more of the scoring is going to happen for the player. Yeah. Um, but you know just as well as I do, everybody wants to hit the long ball okay. or the iron yeah. or you know have some understanding of how to hit those. Yeah. And, I, and just in the lesson today that you had, yeah. giving the guy a perspective of hitting up on the driver. Yeah. You know, I think um, you know giving him some kind of understanding of you know drivers are up and irons are down yeah. or a, 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 you know major yeah. um, you know thing. <laughs> so. To, to me, it's like, uh, to me, I, and I've been teaching since, I mean, I got my card in 2003, but probably, you know, secretly teaching since 98 or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, we're yeah. just taking money on the side. Um, but, so let's say that 25 years, like, it's almost like Groundhog Day every day to me, meaning like you just got a new batch of people. Yeah. I had it this morning with uh, actually one of our guests, Tom White. Okay. Right? We had yeah. Tom in here at 8 o'clock talking about some shipping stuff and... <clears throat> Like me and you, and I'll say it this way, and I think you see this when you teach. <clears throat> what we think is obvious is not obvious. Correct. That makes sense. Yes. So, so, like, what we think, hey, you should when you chip, the club face should go towards the target. Yeah. Tom, who's a very accomplished player, hadn't heard that before. Yes. Right. So I think so those are some of the things that are cool to be able to share with people. Yeah. You know, and and get them again. We we sometimes and I probably have, like we blow by it in a lesson. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and you know, it's funny that you say that. I mean, because we'll get to the point of just like the grip and the stance, and you'll look at the guy and you, wow, this is a lot to take in, and you're like, this, this is just that yeah, part of it. That's I mean, it. we've got this much more yeah. to go, yeah. um, and I and it really is true. We do take it for granted that yeah. these people are learning it for the first time. Right. You know, they're really they're trying to take this all in, yeah. um, and, and really, there's times where it's 35, 40 minutes just working on grip and setup. And it's tough because you got the engine behind you going. I want to go. I want to teach them more about the swing, but you've got to slow down to their pace. Yeah. You know, I think that's the big thing is that you've got to understand that you've got to teach them at their own pace. Yeah, and they have. I mean, the fundamentals of it, like again, there's a reason why it's PJ laws, PJ mm-hmm. fundamentals, and then there's sort of like, hey, you can do some things differently in this part of the swing to, to make different things happen. Correct. Right? You don't Correct. always have to be exactly because. Even now, even now on the PGA Tour, no two golf swings are the same. Yeah. We saw that more 20, 30 years ago with the difference between Jack Nicklaus, Arnold Palmer, Gary Player, and Lee Trevino, yeah. Ray Floyd. Those, those, those five golf swings are completely, they look different. Yeah. Right. But Jim Furyk looks different, even though he's kind of past his prime now. Mm-hmm. But he's literally probably the best ball stri- or one of the best ball One of the best ball strikers of all time. Yeah. So he 58. Took, yeah. He Mr. 58. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. come on. Right. So he, his his takeaway looked odd mm-hmm. compared to the traditional Adam Scott, Tiger Woods, you know, the, the, the Luke Donald, the guys who just look so oh, precise with yeah. him. But it does come down, okay, you can do some different things, but when you get back down to impact, yeah. these are the things that we're going to make sure that. So yeah, again, if your grip, we'll just keep going grip. If your mm-hmm. grip is like this, but so to me, when I get the, cut, the the guy who's got the grip really strong, strong right? Yeah. That's when you say that that's the hard one to change, yeah. you know, because most people don't don't come in this way. No, they're no. usually this way because they're either hockey players, baseball players, whatever. Yeah. So those are the ones where, again, and, and you know, as your students, this is kind of what I like to know from you. But like as your students, you're know, like, okay, yeah, yeah, I got the grip. But can we talk about the backswing? No. No, we, <laughs> right. we've got to stay on this point right here, you know. Right. Um, you know, I, I definitely see that, especially with the grip. Um, 
I see so many different grips, and, and the old saying is, is when I was coming through the PJ, um, and it's changed now since I started to where I'm in, yeah. is that if you change a grip, you lose a customer. Yeah. Right? I mean, right. you never, you know, the whole thing, and then at the end of my PGA thing, they said that if you don't check somebody's grip, you're not worth a darn as an instructor. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. you're kind of like this, yeah. but I really do believe that the first thing you should start with is the grip. Yeah. Right? Just look yeah. at the grip, make sure that's correct, and yeah. then, you know, everything else behind that. Funny you say that because you'll get the customer, the client who is so averse to changing grip, mm -hmm. and I think that to me is sort of the the better player. That 10 to 15 handicapper who's trying to get down to eight or seven, yeah. and they're so used to their grip and they don't want to change. Yeah, right. The 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 lady, the senior, the starter, the beginner, the junior, mm -hmm. you can kind of get down. Okay, hey, this is you know we're gonna start the club. We're gonna grip it from here and then. Yeah. Like it's it's almost a starting. They don't have any bad information. Correct. But but the guy who's like an eight handicap, mm -hmm. who's been getting it around the golf course with the bad grip, and one you know wants to stop hooking it and hitting it low. Yeah. Hey, we've we've tried all the other things. Mm -hmm. Right. We've tried all the other tools in the trade. Correct. And if you don't and if you don't start with this one, so we're not always talking about just grip, but we're just using yeah. grip as the example. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You know, you, you've got to, you know. It's tough with, with good players, single-digit handicaps, to change those certain yeah. things because they have a certain belief mm -hmm. in their mind. Yeah. And it's it's funny that you'll go to some, you know, they'll tell you what they think's wrong with their swing, right? right? Sure. Um, and then you visualize it and you see it, and then you tell them something that they weren't, that wasn't even on the map for yeah. them, right? Yeah. And it's tough for them to kind of come around and say, this is what you need to do. It's not what you think it is. Right. It's 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 this root problem right, right here, right. and it's that's the toughest you yeah. know that that you get between especially with the lower handicappers. Yeah. I talked to I, we talked about that on a podcast a couple months ago where I went to get a lesson from Tim Poltz. Mm -hmm. Right, I thought there was this going on in my golf swing, and he didn't even come close to that. It was something totally different. Right, and it was back to grip for the record. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was actually back to grip. Hey, you're too weak. Your left hand's too weak, and you're not holding on to the club face is going to move it impact mm -hmm. with your weak grip, and the ball's going to go right. So strengthen your grip up or literally strengthen the pressure. And I think that's yeah. a sign of a good instructor, yeah. somebody that's able to see the things that you're not yeah. uh, and, and point those out because yeah. obviously you're coming to me or somebody for a reason, yeah. right? And your ideas and your thought process is not correct, yeah. right? And then when we kind of see that and we put you on something else, yeah. I think it starts to open up you know, their, their game and their mind and they start to look at different avenues yeah. of where they're saying this. Definitely. So the other, other you know, group of clients we get is the, uh, well, my buddy's a really good player and he told me to do this. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, how many lessons has your buddy taught? Correct. He might be a two handicap. Yeah. He might be able to get the ball around and do things on, he might have a different body type, mm -hmm. he might be stronger, faster, different athletic ability than you. Yeah. But that's not what, that's not what the problem is. Right. You know, so, so, um, <clears throat> and then the, the last component to that is, I'm trying not to pick on the husbands. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, I, I know where this one's going. <laughs> <laughs> but the wife who comes in, she's tried a couple of rounds. She's tried a couple you know, range sessions. Her husband's telling her something. Yeah. <laughs> and then they come in. Okay. Well, my husband told me to keep my head down. Okay. God. That might be something at some point in the golf swing. Two months from now. Keep your that, eye on the <laughs> ball. God. I, I mean, it's it's. The most common advice I ever hear, especially with uh, the ladies yeah. that I play with, yeah. um, and, and they're being told by their 
they're being told by their husband, right? I, who's who's played for 30 years, 40 years. Yeah. Um, not, not well, probably. Probably not well, <laughs> right? right? Anyway. I wouldn't have gotten a lesson from them either. <laughs> exactly. But um, it's their only reference point, yeah. right? You know, yeah. they're trying to get introduced into the game, right. um, and, and they look to the only person in the household that's played it. Yeah. Uh, and they're trying to go with any advice that they yeah. have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one thing that has crept throughout the whole ages from maybe Bobby Jones all the way down is keep your eye on the ball. Yeah. Right? And I don't know any sport or anything where I'm keeping my eye on the ball as I'm tossing yeah. it or throwing it or yeah. making a motion right. in it. Um, it's always target oriented. Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah. Um, so getting a, a women to understand that they got to let their head rotate through the swing yeah. is a huge uh, accomplishment form, and to be honest with you, I hear this all the time. Boy, that's a lot easier on my back, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm right. like, yeah. right. It's an athletic motion. If I was throwing something, everything's going that direction. Yeah. My eye, my eyes not staying on the ball yeah. as I'm coming Never. through. Never. Um, so that's one of those things. The the you know when I get the the beginning lady, they kind of go, huh, yeah. really? And I'm like, yeah, it's the worst advice. Don't tell your husband, but don't <laughs> right. do it, right? right. You know, uh, so. I'm pretty adamant. I just tell him, I say, hey, bring your husband next time. Yeah, let, let me tell him. <laughs> You know, yeah. um, and yeah. it's funny because what I'll do is I'll say, you know, luckily sometimes I'll have somebody who's a decent player on the range, and I'll say, watch their head, yeah. right? And, yeah. and a good way to do you know, it. watch their head, watch what they're doing, and it's kind of like an eureka moment, yeah. boom, yeah. right? I can move my head. I have yeah. that freedom to do that, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think as golfers, I think they, they think there's more restrictions yeah. than there is freedom. Keep your head still. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. They keep their head still and then it limits every body motion that we're trying to do. Correct. Right? Yeah. Correct. So, so that's, a, that's a real big one. I've touched on a couple things there. So one of them is, uh, to me, uh, I, I was watching an Instagram video last night, which I do almost every night. Just mm-hmm. you know, uh, we kind of go down that rabbit hole sometimes. Oh, absolutely. We, we do it just as much as you guys do. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, but one of the things is like when you're a great point what you said about like throwing the baseball, shooting a basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're shooting a basketball, you would never look at your hand and the rotation. No, no. It's where's the, it's what am I trying to go to? It's what's the target? Baseball, right. you're looking for the glove, or you're looking for the side of the mm-hmm. of the plate, right? Which part of the plate we're trying to hit it to? Absolutely. Right? And that's a, it's also a very mental image in your head because when you're when you're back here and you're you're turning to throw the pitch. You can't look at the plate, yeah. so you have to have that plate in your head. So where I go that for golf, and this is what I was watching yesterday, was um, they were talking to Rory and mm-hmm. um, trying to think of the other the other tour player they were talking to. But basically, it was a uh, oh Cameron Smith. Okay. Great, great putter. Gotcha. Arguably one of the better putters out there on tour. Not a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, they both said, we don't take practice swings putting. And the reason they said don't take the practice swing putting is the the timing that it takes to take the practice swing, mm-hmm. right? When they when they get up over the ball, they've lost the target image. Oh, so okay. they so they really want to be they get over the ball. But there's a reason to take a practice swing on a seven iron because mm-hmm. you're trying to get the feel for it. Yeah, your low point, right? Putter, you 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 know how to make a putt. You know how to like you know <laughs> what you're doing. Basically. Somewhat, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the point is, once you get over the ball. Their their point was you know look down at the target mm-hmm. and we've talked I think we talked about this like when you bring that that target back to the ball the yeah. mind's eye thing they want to go they want to go as quick as possible that sports is reactionary yeah. yeah you lose that and that's the baseball thing too like you you know you lose the target part of it mm-hmm. and and the more that your head mind can keep the target 
in your head, yeah. you're gonna what is ti- what is Tiger's putting? I, I think I was just about <laughs> to say what is Tiger's whole philosophy? Putt to the picture, right? Yeah. Um, you know, he's yeah. got that mental picture, yeah. and he sees that ball rolling into the hole. Yeah. And I, I got to be honest, I, I think you know that's how he's made most of his putts is just willing it and seeing himself doing it. Yeah. And there's there is a small corridor between reality and fantasy. Yeah. I think that if yeah. you can get that mental image like you're talking about. Yeah. Your your game's going to go up. Absolutely. So I right. see the ball, and I know when I've putted my best too. I see the I see the ball roll over the cup in my head, mm-hmm. over the over the front end of the cup. Okay. Right. Like I see it happening, and and then I'm just doing what I'm seeing in my head. Yeah. Just like, just like driving, like all the things that we do when we don't get in an accident, like we're we're seeing the thing that's happening in front of us. Yeah. But we're not focused on the wheel. Right. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? Like. We'd never do that. We'd never look at our hands. No. Or the no. steering wheel. Crash. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, for me, I, I do a little bit different mental imagery. What I do is, I, I'm a big YouTuber, so I go and I watch Tiger make putts. I yeah, watch okay. him putt, putt, putt. And in my mind, when I get over the putt, yeah. I'm envisioning myself being Tiger Woods yeah. making that putt. Um, yep. You know. Do I make it every time? Am I Tiger Woods? No. Yeah. But I get that vision, and I really love the putt that he made on Torrey Pines at the U.S. Open. Yeah. I I, I see about. that one every time, every time yeah. in my mind, and I try to conjure that putt. Yeah. You know, I try to conjure those schemes. That's the par five where the water's in front of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah where he broken leg. Broken leg, yeah. where he gets into the playoff. Talk I mean, willing himself too. Absolutely. <laughs> so I mean, I yeah. think that's just the epitome of yeah. what Tiger Woods could do, and I think if you can kind of. At least for me, if you can envision another golfer, maybe another golfer swing, like Nick Faldo would always envision, um, like Jack Nicklaus's swing or something okay. like that. Yeah. Um, I think if you can just get a mental imagery of somebody else, it just kind of bleeds into your game. Yeah, yeah. And, and to, I may not get all the facts correct on this story, but I know Freddie Couples was being interviewed mm-hmm. back around the mid '90s. Cut a report, and he wins the tournament. He hits the six iron in from like 180 or something to like six feet on the last hole, yeah. and a challenging shot, you know, pressure filled or whatever. Reporter, and it's such a Freddie Couples kind of personality type of thing. Reporter says, "Hey, Freddie, how'd you pull that off? How'd you hit that six iron?" Because do you know how many six irons I've hit on the range? Mm-hmm. Right. All I did was think, just like you're saying about the tiger. All I did was think about all the 10,000 good six irons that I've hit in my life. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about. I wasn't thinking about the bunker left, the water right. The fact that this is, if I hit this in close, I'm going to win this event. Mm-hmm. None of that factored in. No. I just factored in, hey, I'm going to hit a six iron. I've hit 10,000 of these. Let me recall those facts and go do it. Yeah. And to our listeners, to our viewers, that mental imagery, we can't stress it enough. Absolutely. Right? Because what do our people think about? Oh my gosh, there's water left. Oh, the bunker left. I hope People behind me. Right. Oh, yeah. Hurry, and the ladies. I feel bad for the ladies because mm-hmm. all they always feel like they're pushed. Yeah, and they're pushed by guys who are behind them who aren't any better. They're terrible. <laughs> you know, they're, they're just knocking and duffing it just as bad as right. they are, right? So this, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, definitely. If you can get that mental imagery, it just it it quiets the mind. Mm-hmm. You know, you stop thinking about the problems. It, especially for me, when I get on to 16 at um, uh, Silverado, yeah. I say to myself, okay, I've got what is it? Six more good swings, yeah. right, in a couple putts, and all I think about is those swings. Mm-hmm. I don't think about the problems or the troubles. I just yeah. think you need to hit these six swings yeah. good, yeah. right? You need yeah. to hit them as good as you can, yeah. right? And if I just focus on that, I usually have a good last three holes yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and going back to your lessons and the people you bring out there, I think that's really important because if you bring the 
10 to 15 handicapper out on number 16. 16 is a par 4 dog leg right. Yeah. Very simple, just a straight dog leg right. Um, typically, that 10 handicapper who's trying to get to 8 or 7 mm -hmm. will tell us when we're on the tee box, okay, what, what's your thought? What are you trying to do here? Right? Well, I'm trying to go over the trees. I'm trying to cut the trees and go. Why? Why? Why don't you just go for the 150-yard <laughs> marker, right? Exactly. There's a huge fairway in the middle. Mm -hmm. Your chance of percentage of carrying those trees is minimal at best. Yeah. There's a reason you're a 12 or a 16 or whatever. And right. again, you know, we're not picking on people. We're just no. trying to show you how you get to these Correct. three, four, two handicap levels. Mm -hmm. You don't factor those in. You just hit, hey, I'm really good from 150, 160. Let me hit there. Let me take three wood instead of driver. <laughs> and we talked about that. You yeah. know, if you took a less club and really you went to the range and you just wore up the 150 yard marker, I think your handicap would just yeah. skyrocket. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, but you know, definitely, you know, that's where that course management comes in, yeah. making sure that you know instead of taking this 12 degrees mm -hmm. over here, let's make it you know 13 degrees over here right. and get into the fairway, right? right? And and. You know, especially when I read, uh, you know, books on like strokes gained and stuff. Is the higher the handicap, the more you should aim to the left fairway because they slice, mm -hmm. right? And they yeah. find that you know, as you statistically go more left, you're going to find the fairway, yeah. more fairways, more yeah. greens. Yeah. Um, so knowing what your miss is right. and, and understanding that yeah. and playing to it, it is is what you want to do. So even even in that regard, like um, as instructors, you would tell the person who keeps slicing it to not aim more left. Correct. Correct. Right. That's how we're going to fix it on the range. Correct. But when you're playing golf and you're doing a course management lesson, hey, you are who you are. Correct. Right. You dance with the girl you brought. I was right. a college right. coach you always know, told me. Absolutely. Even, even if she's ugly, you're dancing with the girl you got. I mean, whatever you have that day. Yeah. And that's what these guys on tour do. Yeah. My dad. Right. My dad always told me, um, go with the devil you know. There you go. You know, right. go with the devil you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you're out there, and we talked about this, is that you don't want to play golf swing. You yeah. want to play golf, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And if you go on out there and you're hitting a 30-yard cut, just accept it for the day. It could be the wind conditions. It could be a lot of factors. Yeah. Um, but play your shot. You yeah. know, play what's comfortable to you, and don't go trying to take risks that you really don't need to right. take. Right. You know, bringing double bogeys and triple mm -hmm. bogeys into play when it could just be a bogey. Yeah. Again, same thing. Like you, you know. The Got a tree that you got to cover or something, and if you don't have the shot, you don't have the shot. Yeah. Chip it out, make five, make bogey, go live to, to play another you day. You might make a thirty foot yes. putt. You yes. know, yes. give yourself a chance at yeah. it. You know, but if you're out in the woods on your fourth shot and trying to get on the green, well, yeah. we're probably making double or triple yeah. at that point, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, what's uh, what's kind of the dream foursome or the dream you know, dream place that you'd like to play, or maybe you've already filled your dream, maybe you've already played. Augusta that I don't know about or something. No, I mean I think everybody would love to play Augusta or like Pine Valley, okay. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I think my foursome would be very, very simple. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be a threesome to be honest with you. Yeah. I think it would just be my grandpa and my dad and me. Oh, nice. Um, nice. You know, yeah. um, you could go play with all the great golfers and all that stuff, but yeah. at the end of the day, I really want to play with people I know yeah. and I can really just get into a conversation with and enjoy the whole 18 and not try to Learn somebody or figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, would I love to play with Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, and all those guys? Yeah. Yes. I'd be um, nervous, by the way. I, I'd be totally nervous, right? I'd feel more, yeah, much exactly. more comfortable playing with my own, yeah, you yeah. know, my grandpa yeah, and my yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if I had my dream, uh, it would be those two. Yeah. Play with Have you been to tour events or like is there something that you like to like maybe? 
tell the uh, audience, like, do you like to go to a range, go to the range part of the tour event and watch them get balls there, or like, how do you, how do you take in a tour experience? So for me, I love. Um, I, I went to Doral. Okay. Um, had a great experience there. I got inside the ropes and, and followed the guys around, which was absolutely great. Uh, I followed. Um, I want to say I'm trying to remember the guy's name. I'll, I'll yeah. come back to it. Um, but got to go inside the ropes and all that yeah. good stuff. It was a great experience. But what I really enjoyed when I got there was getting to the practice putting green okay. and watching how much those guys practice on the putting green. And to be honest with you, from you know here to the screen, they're just sinking putts routinely. I mean, I watched Jordan speak. He must have made 40 putts with one hand on the phone. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy's amazing, you know? Um, but just to see those guys and how they practice and how they yeah. interact yeah. and uh, the mental coaches that are coming up and talking to them, um, I just find it uh, amazing and it's such a such a buzz. Right. You know, it really is. It's a buzz around the whole area. Yeah, that's a cool thing to even bring back to your students to kind of explain, you know, we, we kiddingly you saw me in here teaching this morning, like, you give a student something to work on, mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, and my, my tagline is, okay, 499 more. Yeah. You know, go do it 500 times. Yeah. Just that one piece. Yeah. Because, again, our, our exposure, our, our, the, the fact that we're lucky enough, blessed enough to be able to go to tour events mm -hmm. and be able to see what these guys do and, and have friends who are not tour players, but maybe tour, but Keith. Keith, yeah. Keith Colzer. Uh, he's, he's qualified for the senior open a couple of times. Uh, and, and been chapter of the year player multiple times. Yeah. So you get to you get to these levels is my point. Mm -hmm. And you see what good, consistent players do and they don't walk from the from the parking lot to the first tee. <laughs> there's none of that. With, with a red bull in their hand. Yeah, there's none of that. And, and you know, I'm not even trying to be negative. It's just it's just again, if you kind of you put in what you're gonna get. Correct. You know, so if you're gonna continually to to, to put in good practice sessions, your game's going to improve. Absolutely. But if you if you you know um, not fearful, because fearful is a little term that we hear sometimes in golf. Like that's why golfers don't take lessons. Yeah. Right. Because they don't want the pro to screw them up. Yeah. They they they're, they they don't trust them with their swing, yeah. or they're they're worried that they're going to go down a rabbit hole yeah. and get worse yeah. than what they are yeah. before they get better. Yeah. Uh, and I think you've got to understand that the learning process is that you are going to fail before you succeed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the fear that you talk about, is yeah. that people are like, I don't want to regress what I've already learned to go forward. Yeah. Uh, I'll just keep what I have. And that's why I think they kind of shy away from instructors. So, so again, again, more YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some clips of Michael Jordan. I've seen some clips of Kobe yeah. really recently. Basically, they're, they're, the kind of summary is every day they're going to fail. They're going to fail every sh They're not going to make 20 out of 20. Yeah. Right. They're going to fail 50% of the time making shots. They're going to fail, you know, 20% of the time on a free throw line. Mm -hmm. But they're also going to make 80%. Correct. They're also going to make 60%. Mm -hmm. They're also going to make 70%. When they in in the game, when they when they need the shot, yeah. They're not fear fearing failure. Yeah. All they're thinking about and Tom Brady, like you go down the list of the best uh, players, the greats, right? the greats, yeah. you know. And I think. I think their way of embracing failure is what makes them successful. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, I think they know they're going to do it. They know that you know, yeah. you know, there's point as as an athlete, you're going to fail at some point, but you have to, you know, at some point get over that mental yeah. hurdle and just do it. And yeah. it, the more you get rid of those thoughts, yeah. uh, it just kind of you get into the zone. Yeah. You know, yeah. you just get into that zone and you quit worrying about all the mental chatter in your mind. So again, 
put the work in, mm -hmm. right? If you have the 10,006 irons like Freddie Couples had, yeah. if you have all the putts the Tiger's made since he was two years old, which he's, that's what he's calling back on, on yeah. Tory Pines on number 18. Absolutely. Right? They, they don't think the negative way. No. That, that is why they get to where they get to, mm -hmm. you know. Um, even, you know, you and I playing our, at our skill level, we, we probably don't, because we don't put the practice, I'm sorry, I don't put the practice in. No, I mean, we, we you <laughs> we know, times, I, I, kids, parents, all this stuff. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. You know. So we don't, you know, we were better 10 years ago, 20 years ago, because we had the ability at the time trying to do it. Well, it's, it's funny that you say that, because uh, we talked about Keith Colzer, and it's it, just an old joke that he'd always tell me. He says, the older I get, the better I was. Yeah. You know, right. so yeah. um, it really is one of those things, you know, especially when you get into the golf industry. We all get into it because we love golf. We play well at it. We were good or successful at it. And yeah. then when you get into it, it just kind of yeah. goes down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you're absolutely right. The more time that you can dedicate to it, you're going to see the results out there. Yeah. You know, it just takes time. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of um, if, if you're going to go practice putting, which is the first thing, mm -hmm. like really getting yourself up off the couch. Okay, I'm going to go practice putting for a time frame, a number of putts, whatever that is. Yeah. Right? Don't go hit 20-footers. No. Why, why would you know? You want the positive reinforcement of the ball going in the cup. Right. So I would literally sit there at college after college, three to five footers, just trying to make as many as I could. Yeah. You know, 48 out of 50, 60 out of four uh, out of 100, just whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the number was, right? But I didn't. Want, I didn't want to touch 15 footers. Yeah. Because I know the make percentage on tour is right, roughly maybe 20 percent. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, I hit that. Know, right. Yeah. For 15 footers, but again. When you go to tomorrow morning when I'm at work and I see guys warming up, now I, I understand getting the idea of feel for for distance, mm -hmm. but I want to start with three footers. I want that ball. Right? I want to start getting confidence. I want to yeah. see the ball going into the yeah. hole. Um, yeah. I think there's a reason why when you go by a putting mat, it's not 20 feet. There you go. It's eight feet, right? Yeah. So you know, I think if you can, you know, work in that three to four foot section around the hole more than anything, yeah. even just going to get a lag feel. Yeah. If you could just work on that, I think you'd see a big reduction in numbers, yeah. especially on the green. Yeah. So uh, when you play in a tournament, when you go to the range to warm up, mm -hmm. what's the first club you're pulling up to, to warm up with? Personally, for me, I like to grab the old wedge, yeah. and I, I, yeah. I like to hit small little shots. Yeah. I like Absolutely. to feel just tiny little shots, yeah. and then it's to the putter, yeah. you know, I, I like to do a little what I call circle of death, where yeah. it's about three feet around. I yeah. put about eight balls down, yeah. put there. Right. I want to see the ball going in the hole. Right. I, I don't. I'm not worried about the stroke. I'm not yeah. worried about. I just want to visually see the ball going in the hole, so I can recall yeah. that when I get there out there on the course. Yeah. You know, so I can go. Ah, that's what I want to see. <laughs> Uh, point being that you, you know, we're not taking the four iron out to the range first. You know, Correct. You, you, the same same thing. Like I want to see nice web shots coming off the club. I want to get my body loosened, mm -hmm. but I want to see good positivity in my head. Correct. Pitching wedge, nine iron, eight iron. Beat those clubs up. Absolutely. You know, and then yeah, I'm gonna pull driver out. Yeah, I'm gonna pull driver out because I want to feel like what's gonna be on the first hole. Mm -hmm. Typically, we're hitting driver on the first hole, so I gotta maybe have that mental callback from. 15 minutes later when I'm on the first tee box and yeah. I just hit two good drivers let me, you know, just Correct. that recover type of thing, so that's great, man. Um, do you uh, let, let, let the listeners know how we get in touch with you and all that type of stuff? Yeah, so I'm at uh, swingtheorygolf.com okay. um, You can go to my website yeah. um, or um, you can go to uh, Pick Time. Okay. Um, I think we have uh, some times here at uh, One Stop Golf Shop if you want to get a hold of me here. Awesome. Um, 
you know, but uh, I love working with beginners. Don't yeah. mind working with elites. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really more of a beginner. I love working with short game, yeah. uh, and I love just uh, you know helping them out. That's good. Though. Well, hey, good, good, good to know you better. Thank you, thank you. I certainly appreciate yeah, it. Thank you so much. Very we good. really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, listeners. Thank you, viewers, and uh, we'll see you guys in the next next podcast. But I think this was good to get. Yeah, there. and you're next. Yes, sir. Exactly. A lot of pressure. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir. Are you looking to elevate your golf game? With SwingTheoryGolf.com, you will. Tim, who is a certified PGA professional, offers expert instruction and personal attention to help you unleash your true potential. So get ready to tee off with Swing Theory Golf.